Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, I'm talking about St. Louis. My name is Tom Franklin, and this is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am one half of your uh, hosting team, joined as always by the man called Wags. Wags, this is a big episode. Oh, it, it's a huge one to open season two. I mean, we were hoping we'd have something big to share with you guys, and we delivered. Yes, this is this is our Hail Mary pass down the field, you know, hoping to, you know, get the big fish here. And we got the 26th overall pick of the NHL draft that we are talking about here. We are talking about Jake Neighbors. Uh, he is kind enough to uh, sit down with us this week and uh, talk about, uh, you know, his where his love of hockey first started growing up in Alberta um, in a, you know, very uh, hockey rabbit area of, of Canada, which I mean, let's face it, all of Canada loves hockey. But in Alberta, you know, you know, Edmonton and Calgary fans would be first to tell you they do it serious in Alberta. The Battle of Alberta is a big deal up there. Um, but uh, yeah, I. He was a, and by the way, uh, one thing that we loved about Jake Neighbors is that he's very well spoken. He doesn't answer in one word answers, and I think you're gonna um, uh, get a chance to meet a really great guy, and I and I think a guy that is going to be a fan favorite for years to come. Wags. Oh no question, and uh, you'll be surprised at uh, the guy he looked up to growing up. Uh, I was a little shocked yeah. by his answer on that one, uh, but. I'll leave that for you guys to listen to, but uh, be surprised because you will be when you find out who that player was. It made me feel old. Yes, it did. It because made me feel a little old. Too. It was not from the era that I was expecting, but maybe no. I sh- maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should just accept the fact that you know. I mean, I've already accepted the fact that I'm losing hair. I keep my hair very short, <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe I should just accept the fact that you know, it's it's. He's not going to come out and say Yarmir Yager. I'm I'm sorry. It just it, different, no, I mean, different era, different time. He was born in what 2001, 2002, so yeah. he doesn't even know what the 90s are. God, no, and not, <laughs> you just made me feel even older, Wags. <laughs> hey, I'm just as old as you, so oh, God, what? Mm, all righty, without while I go strangle Wags, let's go ahead and hear from the Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. It is our Blue Notes face off of the week. Gabriel Foley with uh, the last word on puck in St. Louis game time. He's joining us for this interview with Blues first round pick Jake Neighbors. Jake, uh, how you holding up in uh, in Alberta? Uh, we're doing all right, uh, doing the best as we can under the under the circumstances. But um, you know we're getting by, which is good. Yeah. So you uh, hail from Airdrie, Alberta, and I know it's north of Calgary, uh, but a lot of Blues fans may not know much about Airdrie. So tell us what your uh, what your hometown's like. Yeah, it's pretty small. Uh, when I grew up there, it wasn't as uh, as expanded as as it is now. And um, you know, I grew up mostly in the rink. Uh, I can't tell you much about Airdrie other than the schools <laughs> and the ranks, basically. So um, you know, I went to a couple of schools there. 
um, and you know spent most of my time in the arena. It's a, it's a good hockey town. Everyone loves loves the sport there, and um, you know ODRs are always buzzing and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's a fun fun little small town. I got a lot of good friends from there. So. By the way, I have a friend of mine that lives in the Calgary area, and I asked him about Airdrie, and I was warned by him to never call it Air Dry. You yeah. know, because because uh, a lot of people, because I think that's a common mistake. I was actually about to make that if I had not talked to my friend, yeah. but uh, I reached out to him and double checked, and uh, and so it's it's definitely Airdrie and not Air Dry. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So Wags. Yeah, and, and you talk about growing up and basically going to the rink, and that's about it. But were there anything else that you did uh, growing up besides hockey that that really piqued your interest? Yeah, I played a lot of a lot of school sports growing up. Uh, you know, I competed in in pretty much everything I possibly could. Um, you know, when I was in middle school and and junior high type age, and um, you know, other than that, you know, I scootered for a bit. Uh, you know, I walked everywhere I went because you know everything was. Um, you know, a 15 minute walk max when I grew up there. And, um, you know, me and my buddies were very active. We go biking, stuff like that. So I was a kid who spent all my time outdoors and, um, you know, in the streets playing street hockey and or whatever it may be. So um, I think that's probably the biggest thing I remember from Airdrie is, is kind of those, those type of memories too, as well. So what got you into hockey as a youngster? Yeah, it was my dad. Um, my dad played a little bit of amateur pro over in Germany um, and played hockey throughout uh, throughout his years as a kid. And so he kind of introduced me into the game when uh, when I was about two years old, actually. And, you know, started skating when I was three and I was playing when I was four. So, um, you know, I just fell in love with the sport instantly. My brothers, um, you know, they loved it as well. Um, and it was just uh, a big thing for our house was to sit down and watch hockey games every night and um, you know, as a young kid, you kind of fall in love with that. So, and ever since it's, uh, you know, it's history. So now for us growing up, uh, Brett Hall was our guy here in St. Louis, and I'm sure you're going to get a chance to interact with M- Mr. Hall a lot in your time here in St. Louis. It's, it's a blast. Uh, and we've never made it to anywhere close to the pros. Uh, I play locally, but I'm nowhere near being good. Uh, but who was your hockey hero growing up? I mean, it's probably someone we know, but who was your guy that you looked to as a kid? Yeah, mine was Jordan Eberle. Um, I was a big Oilers fan. Um, always have been. Uh, my my family loves the Oilers, so I kind of just grew up. Um, I'm a kid from the wrong side of town, uh, like in the the wrong side of the Battle of Alberta. So, um, but when Jordan Everly scored that goal, um, his first NHL goal, um, it was kind of uh, that moment. I really uh, I really enjoyed watching him as a kid, and um, you know I wore 14 my entire career basically because of him. So, um, you know, and now I get the chance to to work out with him and skate with him in the summers, which is pretty cool. So I'd have to go with Everly for my childhood here. So what's that like uh, playing and training with your childhood hero? Yeah, it's crazy. I can't even really put it into words. It's, um, you know, definitely surreal. You know, we have conversations, you know, pretty much, you know, I'd say 80% of the time I see him in the gym or something like that. And, um, you know, get to play with him on the ice and things in, in little battle drills and stuff like that is, is so fun. And, um, you know, he's a great player. And, you know, uh, it's pretty surreal, honestly. I'm still just an 18 year old kid getting to get to play with my childhood hero. So it was pretty cool. Now uh, you're noted as a physical player. Uh, when, when do you think that side of your game started sprouting up? And uh, when was your first fight? Obviously you've been a few in the WHL, but uh, when was that first one? Yeah, I think uh, the physical side kind of, 
um, was bred from my father as well. He always told me to to try and use my body to my advantage. And I guess kind of right when I got into uh, um, what would have been Batham first year, I think, was the first year I would have been hitting, um, legally at least, uh, was it really ramped up there when, when I wasn't getting penalties for body checking anymore. So, um, But I'd say I've always been a physical kid. My penalty minutes were always high in minor hockey and things like that. So, um, But, yeah, uh, my first fight, um, I think it, my first real fight was actually in the dub. I never really got into any, you know, battles with cages on or anything like that. So I was a 16-year-old kid. I think it was my, um, you know, I want to say my 11th or 12th game in the league uh, in my career. And um, I uh, was playing against the Spokane, in Spokane, pretty hostile environment. And I just, you know, blew up the D partner and the other one came over with one glove already off and a stick on the ice. And it was kind of that moment, like, here we go. And um, you know, it went all right. The guy was a lot bigger than me, but uh, it was good. So, so you remember that fight? Do you remember all of them? Uh, I remember how they start, um, and probably like ten minutes after them, you kind of go blank for a bit when you're in there. Um, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline going through your body, and you, you tend to black out, not really remember a lot. But um, I, I, I just basically remember how the how they started for the most part. You talk about the physicality part of the game and, and kind of going a little bit off topic here, but you know, in some instances in Canada, they're banning checking in the uh, younger leagues. Is that something that you feel could be detrimental to some players growing up, or is it going to allow them to focus a little bit more on the skill of the game versus worrying about being physical? Yeah, I think I think there's arguments to both sides. Obviously, I think you know, obviously it's a it's a benefit to have kids that are going to really be focusing on their skill and, um, you know, developing that side of the game. But I also think it's very important to have, um, you know, some sort of physical, um, aspect to rely on. I think you know if you're going to make it to the next level and hockey is what you want to do in your life, then at some point you're going to have to learn how to receive and learn how to throw a hit. And you know, in my case, I'm an 18 year old kid and. Um, you know, even at 16, coming to the dub, um, you know, playing against 20 year olds, you have to be able to hold your own. And, you know, that's only going to elevate, you know, as, you know, whenever I make it to St. Louis and, um, you know, crack the roster that I'm going to be playing against guys that are much, much stronger than me. So, um, you know, I think obviously it's good that kids are going to get, be very skilled and things like that. But um, I, I also think they're missing out on a big part of the game moving forward. Now, at what point, you know, you're in your, in your younger playing days, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're building up your physical game, you know, you still have, uh, uh, you know, you're putting up points, you know, pretty much, you know, at, at, you know, every level, you know, growing up. But at what point did you feel that maybe, hey, I could get drafted into the NHL? Yeah, I think it was uh, my, my WHL Batam draft here. Uh, I moved away from home at 14, or I would have been 13. Um, I moved away from home and went, lived with a family in, in Kelowna and, um, I knew them. I'd play hockey with, uh, the, the person who rented the house son. So, uh, it was a good situation for me. I went over there and, uh, had a really good year with POE and, um, you know, after getting drafted to Edmonton, it, it kind of started to settle in that, I um, mean, you know, I could potentially be doing something with hockey as a career. And, um, but, you know, I think that sacrifice really started when I left home. And so obviously you had that, uh, that feeling that you could go to the show one day. Did you, expect to be taken in the first round uh no obviously it's a it's a dream of every every kid who's playing hockey growing up but uh no i couldn't if you would ask me um you know at 14 i was going to be a first round nhl draft pick i would have told you you were a liar and 
um, you know, so it's definitely been a, a heck of a process and I'm very proud of how far I've come, but um, you know, I still got a long ways to go. So I'm looking forward to that. So of course you put up some big numbers in, in AAA and prep levels, you know, you're, you're at least a point per game guy, you know, more in, in, in some instances you get picked up by the Edmonton oil Kings of the WHL first season, 11 goals, 13 assists, 47 games. How was the adjustment going from, triple uh, a to major canadian junior hockey yeah i think i think the biggest adjustment for me was the was the schedule and the the wear and tear of the league and all the travel and everything like that i think um you know my first about 17 games i had done really well and um you know i i took off to the to the u17s to play for team canada and when i came back is when it kind of settled in of how hard the league was and um you know i came right i came back on a road trip i think and um, you know, I started an 18 game slump or something like that, which, um, you know, and then at the end of that 18 game slump, I get in a fight, uh, separate my shoulder. I'm out for, you know, a month. And then uh, my first game back, I, you know, hit a guy from behind and get suspended for more games. So that's, you know, basically two more weeks out of the lineup. So uh, there was a good chunk of the season there that there was a lot of adversity that I had to face. And it was kind of a, a wake up call for me that, you know, this league isn't easy. It's, uh, you know, a huge adjustment for midget. So. Um, you know, after that point on, when I returned from that suspension, I think, um, you know, I had a good playoffs. And then obviously that carried through to my 17 year old year and, um, you know, just get more comfortable as time goes by. So, yeah, you had a very uh, solid year in your second year, you know, 23 goals, 47 assists and 64 games. So what would you say went better for you in your second season with the Oil Kings? Obviously, opportunity is a big part of it. I think, you know, I was trusted a lot more as a player, uh, you know, under the coach of Brad Lauer. Um, um, you know, and then obviously just with comfortability, I think that going to the Eastern Conference uh, finals that year as a 16 year old is huge for experience moving forward. And, um, you know, just coming back, I knew I had a bigger role to fill. Uh, we lost a lot of our top scorers and, um, you know, I just tried to take the opportunity I got and run with it. And, um, you know, I think as the games got on, I got more comfortable and more confident and it just escalates from there. Uh, we've got some listener questions for you as well, uh, and this is kind of go back to the draft. Uh, Blue Notes listener Tim Goodman asked, what was it like to get that call from the Blues? Yeah, it was surreal. Um, you know, kind of when I was waiting around, um, I was having some camera issues right before I was getting – right before St. Louis was picking. Um, and then I was on the phone trying to fix my camera, and then all of a sudden – um, you know, somebody screamed to, to get off the phone with me. So I was a little nervous and I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then when, you know, I saw on the TV that I'd officially been picked by St. Louis, it was so surreal and, um, you know, uh, an unreal moment for me and my family. I don't really know how to describe it. And, um, you know, once I got the call from Doug Armstrong and, um, you know, talked to a couple of the players over messages, it, you know, I really started to sink in. And, um, you know, it's absolutely amazing. And I'm very proud of where I went and very happy. So... And uh, Robert you, uh, Thomas, the t- oh, go ahead, go, go ahead, Gabriel. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, you said you talked to a few guys over messages. Who all reached out to you? Uh, yeah, Braden Chan texted me, and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well, and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> That's, that that's is a awesome. pretty good, uh, pretty good set of guys to to get in contact with. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was uh, it was super surreal, and I um, mean, you know, I still can't believe I have their contact in my phone. Even it's it's kind of weird. So, 
Yeah, we, we've all been there. Our, our, our contact list isn't as high up as yours, but uh, yeah, we know how that feels. Uh, yeah. Robert Thomas the Tank on Twitter asks, uh, Jake, obviously being drafted by the 2019 Stanley Cup champion had to have been very exciting, but were there any other teams that you were possibly hoping for? Obviously, Edmonton probably crept into your mind, but were there any other teams that you were kind of hoping for? I mean, uh, not, not, not really. I think, um, you know, with with how I was slotted in the draft and kind of the projections around me. I wasn't too sure in the area I was going to go. Uh, I think I was more on the side of, I was just really hoping I'd get taken on day one and, um, you know, didn't really have to, to worry about it on day two as much. So, um, but, you know, obviously I think Anaheim was picking around there. That'd be a great place to play. You know, obviously some great weather and, um, you know, a good spot, good fans. So, um, you know, you can say good things about every team in the league realistically, but, um, you know, I'm very happy with going, going to St. Louis. So. And finally, back to listener Tim, who is the team you hate the most and why is it the Blackhawks? <laughs> I actually, I on draft day, I did um, a podcast with a couple St. Louis guys as well. And they asked me like what my favorite teams were growing up. And I said Chicago and they weren't too happy about it. But I totally forgot that that was a rivalry. So. <laughs> yeah yeah you'll definitely get that ingrained you know very early on you're supposed to hate the blackhawks with every fiber of your being you know here yeah. in here in st louis so you'll you'll definitely you'll you'll definitely get that hammered home for you um but back to the draft so had you and your or your agent had any contact with the blues before you were drafted were you were they a team that you were thinking might might pull the trigger on you um, you know, I wasn't too sure. Uh, I had talked to St. Louis a couple of times and, and had several meetings with them and, um, you know, talked to, uh, you know, a couple of different staff members on the team. So, um, you know, I knew that they had um, high interest in me and that they really liked me as a player and, um, you know, w- were curious on, on who I was as a person. So, um, you know, obviously that's an indicator that, you know, a team's interested and they were slotted in an area that, um, was, you know, kind of around where I thought I was going to go. So, um, you know, it was just, I think 26 was definitely the pick we were looking at the most as a, myself and my family was, uh, we thought that they had the most interest. So, you know, I wasn't sh- for sure. Like no one told me that I was going to St. Louis, but, um, you know, definitely thought they were one of the front runners. So obviously you ended up in St. Louis, uh, a recent cup champions, great just the best fan base in the league. Um, and they've really uh, embraced the style of Craig Berube, head coach who made a living being a physical, tough, gritty uh, fighter in the league. And you've kind of seen that same play style uh, imposed in St. Louis. How does it feel to join an organization that's put so much faith into Berube style and is embracing your style as more of a physical player. Yeah, it's obviously awesome. I think, you know, it might be one of the reasons that, you know, I was selected to St. Louis. They, you know, they like my style of play and, and you know, think I could fit in well. And, I mean, I would agree with that statement. I think that, um, you know, I'm definitely a player who likes to, to obviously play with the puck and create offense and, and be reliable defensively, um, but at the same time have that, that physical aspect of my game and, and be a bit of a pest out there. So, um, you know, I, I've watched a lot of uh, St. Louis video and watched a lot of um, their games over the years, and uh, especially during their cup year. And, um, you know, I really like the way they play, and I, I think I'd fit in well, so I'm excited. Good deal. Uh, and just in terms of this season, obviously the uh, the CHL as a whole is kind of a mess right now. 
uh, the QMJHL just suspended play for a bit. Um, you're on loan to the Brooks Bandits in the AJHL uh, until late December. Um, have you started practicing with them? Uh, when are we going to get to see you step on the ice with them? And just how's that experience going as a whole? Yeah, so I actually ended up going to Brooks, um, and I, I went and watched the two of their exhibition games and then started practicing with the team. Um, and then we found out that just there's some complications with um, with the colleges and things like that. I wasn't able to play just because uh, I'm now signed with St. Louis. Um, so there was some complications about about my contract and things like that. So it turns out I'm not going to be able to, to get to play, but I did get to go down there for 10 days and um, you know, Brooks is a first class junior A, um, you know, team and organization. And, um, you know, I had, I had fun while I was down there and, um, you know, it was good. So do you think yeah. being around, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Gabriel. Do you think being around guys like, um, I know Corson Kulamans is down there. He's projected to be a top end defensive prospect in 21. Um, Ozzy Weisblatt, I think is how you say his name. Uh, first round pick to the Sharks. Do you think being around those guys and getting that experience helped at all, or was it more just getting back on the ice and getting your legs moving again? I uh, know, nah, definitely for sure. I knew I knew Corson going into it. Um, I had skated with him a couple times during the summer uh, down in Edmonton before I went to Brooks, so I kind of knew him. And um, you know, I was talking a bit about the draft and things like that, what to expect, trying to you know give him some advice, help us in any way I could, and. Um, and then obviously with Oz, um, you know, we basically spend uh, every single day together during the summer. We train together, skate together, and, um, you know, our best friends. So um, getting to be around a guy like that 24-7 is, is definitely good. We learn from each other, and, um, you know, it's a good relationship we have. We're very competitive. We don't like losing against each other, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, it's definitely a good friendship to have and, and you know, creates competition in everyday life, which is good. Do you, yeah, and, uh, and it helps that the, he's on the Sharks and the Blues and Sharks rivalry is, is growing big time up here. Yeah. yeah. Do you I think, hold... uh, I think if Oz and I were to, to end up on the roster and playing against each other, it would probably amplify the rivalry a little bit. <laughs> Do you hold over him that you were drafted above him? I think five picks above him. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't really. I, I think it might be still too soon for that, but um, you know, maybe uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna use it if I ever need to for sure. I think a good. Um, I got yeah. I had him in the WHL draft, and um, so I was a little nervous about this one. Uh, I didn't want him to hop ahead of me, so it looked like I'd fallen down a while. So I was I was I was happy I went ahead of him. Now with you know with your loan you know kind of you know put on the uh, you know put they put the kibosh on that so now you're back with just kind of waiting to see what's going on with the uh, CHL and uh, have you gotten any direction from the Edmonton Oil Kings as to you know like when they might resume play or like where are they having you do anything in particular while this wait is going on? Uh, you know, there's been a little bit, obviously there's still so much uncertainty with everything going down and, um, you know, Alberta just went into lockdown. So, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, some, some unfortunate circumstances right now, but, um, you know, the plan is still to go back on December 27th and, and you know, start camp down in Edmonton. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be some isolations we have to do before we get down there. And, um, you know, we've been keeping track on an app and filling out surveys every day and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the WHL is doing a really good job of trying to get ahead of the game here so that when we do get started that, you know, we can maintain it and have a season. So, um, you know, I think 
that's pretty much all there is to say, really. I think we don't have a lot of information about um, about what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, whatever it is, I know the players were willing to do it so we can get playing again. So, All right, now now let's get to the fun questions. We've done all the, the, the procedural stuff, the, uh, the business-like questions. Now we're going to get to the fun stuff. Uh, one thing the Blues have excelled in is Fortnite. Vince Dunn and Robert Thomas are Twitch streamers, and they helped the Blues win a league-wide Fortnite tournament earlier this year. So the big question is, are you a gamer? Uh, like, I, I'll play. Um, like, I just love being on the mic, talking to the boys and stuff like that. But I'm pretty bad, like, at every video game ever. So, oh, no. Yeah, like, I'm not – like, I would say I'm a gamer, like, because I'll just – like, if anyone asked me to play with them, I probably would. If I had nothing better to do, but um, no, I'm us- I'm pretty bad at mostly every game. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> I get on there and I try to play Chell, and it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, Chell. I'm decent. I'm I'm decent at Chell. I usually lose, but I can put up a fight. Yeah, Chell. So- Chell can be Chell can be kind of tough. Definitely, like like if you if you, if you ever played like ones, for instance, you know that can you know you you run into some guys that I swear probably play like forty hours a week on that game. I mean, you, yeah. you just don't have a chance. For sure. Yeah. Same with Call of Duty. It's a joke. Yeah, it really is. So in Chell, you're officially listed as a Blues prospect in their franchise mode. Um, you know, over the years there, I'm sure. Your guy in the game levels up, becomes an NHLer. Uh, what's it like picking up the picking up the sticks and playing as yourself as a Blues prospect in a game like that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I gotta, I haven't actually got the new NHL yet, so I gotta get it and and probably do that. That'd probably be pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's even when I was on there with Edmonton, it was surreal to even be in a video game and be considered for one. So. Um, to be on an NHL prospect list now is is pretty crazy. Yeah, and I think you are rated in the new NHL uh, as a 66, but with a prospect that has, I think, top six potential is what they list you as. Um, so they, they they didn't do you dirty, you know, this year at, at the very least. Um, one of the things, you know, besides loathing the Chicago Blackhawks we do here in St. Louis is we argue about pizza, and that's because we have our own style of pizza here i'm sure you've been initiated on um first of all what is your favorite type of pizza um i don't know like i like to change it up like i'm one of those guys that maybe go with like a donair pizza or like those are new but i kind of like them usually though i'm a meat lovers like just in a meat lovers pizza is like probably my go-to but every once in a while i like to switch it up like a buffalo chicken one or something like that just to try it out but i think my go-to is probably a meat lovers Okay, yeah, because yeah, here in St. Louis we have thin crust, you know, with like the thin cracker crust style, um, and we have our own cheese, Provel cheese. You know, I don't think you've been in St. Louis to actually really experience the the wonders that is Provel cheese. You know, it's it's a very divisive issue here in St. Louis. You either love it or you hate it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's something to, to to be prepared for. One thing that we're also known for is toasted ravioli. We uh, St. Louis invented toasted ravioli. Um, have you had it? And, uh, what is your favorite, like, you know, appetizer or bar food? I've actually never heard of that. So that'll really, be, that'll be something d- new to me and, uh, you know, excited. I'll probably, that'll be one of my go-tos probably right when I get there by the sounds. Yeah. Of it. So, uh, I'll go try that out. I think, I don't know, my favorite appetizer. Um, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a guy who likes to change things up all the time. So 
like whether it be chicken wings or lettuce wraps i don't know like probably um oh usually like some dynamite rolls like some sushi maybe as an appetizer from earl's or something like that i don't know i i change it up a lot so you never know with me and, all right time we threw out bar food you gotta remember he's 18 <laughs> Well, yeah, but I would. I, my dad dragged me to a few bars when I was in my teens. I mean, you know, you don't you don't drink the beer. I mean, but you you enjoy some of the you know bar fare. I mean, that's that's you can still do that here. So, you know. but and we'll we'll definitely take you out to uh, to find the best toasted ravs because that's going to be a segment on our show coming up in season two. We're going to be touring St. Louis for the best toasted ravs. So if you need uh, some guidance or or some wingmen to get you some good toasted wraps you just just let us know we'll hit you up sounds good that sounds good all righty jake well you've been very gracious with your time uh we thank you so much for coming on and i guess do you have like a final message for blues fans i mean you know just if there's one thing you can say to blues fans that are waiting to see you play what would you say yeah just that you know i'm uh, i'm a guy who likes to work hard you're gonna see a lot of effort out of me every time i'm on the ice and I mean, I'm very, very excited to get out there whenever that may be and get to meet some of the fans and, um, you know, get to get to go on the ice in front of you guys. It'll be it'll be super exciting. Um, You know, something I'm uh, looking forward to. So well, we're looking forward to that because you definitely fit the mold of a St. Louis Blues player that could become a fan favorite here. We love our, you know, uh, you know, aggressive checking forwards here in St. Louis. It's a a tradition that dates back to, you know, the Plaguers and, you know, the Tony Twist in the 90s. Um, we're, we're looking forward to having you here in St. Louis. Well, I appreciate that. Like I said, I'm really excited, so I can't wait. All right. That is uh blues first round pick Jake neighbors. Uh, wonderful chat. Uh, really good kid. You know, I, I, I liked the pick when it happened wags and I feel a lot better having actually talked to him and kind of understanding where he's coming from. Um, I will say that he says, uh, a lot less than I do. So, I mean, he's already ahead of me right there. Uh, me as well, because uh is a definitely a huge part of my lexicon. Uh, but once again, like I said, uh, he's a well-spoken guy. And to have a guy that's 18 years old and essentially ready for the spotlight, that's huge. You know, you, uh, 10 years ago, your first-round draft picks weren't playing in the NHL. Now you look yeah. at it, you go, okay, late first-round pick. May not be this year, but with sometime in the next three years, Jake Neighbors will be wearing the blue note, skating on the ice at Enterprise Center. And maybe who knows? Maybe Vince Dunn and Robert Thomas will take the take him under their wing, and he'll become the next great Fortnite player. One can hope. Although, they need another. Although, they need another guy. Although that was like the one area that I think Jake had did not have confidence in. You know, yeah, he, yeah, he was he was he was very modest about his his gaming ability. So it's good um, to know that I'm I'm on the level of an 18 year old when it comes to gaming too. So that that that's a positive in my book too. Self wags. Thank you so much. For, for for that earlier quip about our age. By the way, Jordan Eberly as his uh as his uh, childhood hero, that uh that ages us a little bit, but uh I, I can see it. I mean I mean because keep in mind he he was born in you know the early two thousands. So I mean Eberly would have been an oiler about the time that, you know, same time in his life when like me and you were really into Brett Hall. So I can understand that. Yeah, and, and Eberly was like the start of that Edmonton, okay, here are the first round picks that are going to do stuff. And he yeah. burst onto the scene too. So it's totally understandable that a guy like Eberly would be a guy he looked up to. Not a question in my mind at all. 
And he's one of the first round picks for Edmonton that actually panned out. So of yeah. course, of course, they trade him. So you know, <laughs> as 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 you as you do, um, <laughs> I got to get that jab, and I, I you I, have to. Edmonton Oilers fans can be kind of you know they're they're they're, they're kind of like I the ones I've run into. They're kind of like the Canadian version of us. You know, they're 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 very uh, accepting of the fact that they've had some hard times, and uh, they're they're cynics, just like just oh. like we are. But they but they had a lot of Stanley Cups to kind of hold them over. They can be cynical when you've got championships. We were cynical because we didn't have championships. Yeah, when you when you have a guy that's called the Great One, um, that kind of helps in your quest for Stanley Cups. I mean, I mean, we almost had that ourselves here in St. Louis. But don't go back to earlier this week, man. I've already cried enough this week. Steve Eiserman, damn it! Why? All righty. That's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will uh, post this on audio uh, first, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, of course, you're probably listening to us right there as we speak. We'll post a video version of this probably in a week or so. Uh, but we wanted to kind of uh, return to our Thursday episodes uh, by reminding you that we are still indeed an audio podcast. So uh, I know our video uh, viewers uh, have uh really gotten in gotten into our streams on Sundays that we have we'll keep we'll keep doing those that's not going away um it's just that our Thursday episodes will be audio only so we hope you check that out but in the meantime uh that's going to do it for us I want to thank you for listening because without you there is no me there is no wags there is no Gabriel Foley uh, I want to thank him for coming on for the Jake Neighbors interview uh he writes for the last word on hockey as well as St. Louis game time check him out and uh, without you, there is no Blue Notes and no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.